whistle is blowing, and that signals another episode of the Entrepreneur's Locker Room Chat with a Champion. Your host, Steve Brosman, a former national track champion, multi-Amazon best-selling author, and successful entrepreneur, interviews leaders in their field to give you the tips, shortcuts, and strategies to help you change the game you play. And now your host, Steve Brosman. Hi there and welcome to the Entrepreneur's Locker Room and another chat with a champion. I guess if you are sort of labelled the number one in Australia and number one internationally, you've got the right to be called a champion. And that's who we've got right now, Michael Griffiths, regarded as the number one referral trainer nationally and internationally. Welcome along, Michael. Thank you, Steve. Great to be with you. Mate, uh, it, it seems as if we're chatting nearly every few days and some of the work that you're doing and uh, I'm learning from you and we're swapping things backwards and forwards. It's, it's awesome to have you along. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this the right way without being degrading, but you started off life in, let me say, business as a teacher and then uh, progressed into uh, building and selling six very, very successful businesses. Tell us what made you jump out of the teaching and get into business. Yeah, lovely. Um, and firstly, what got us into teaching was there were very few hours which allowed me to actually worry about coaching. And, and elite level basketball was where I always thought my life would be and we'd end up uh, with an MBA or a WNBA assistant role somewhere and life would be simple. So teaching allowed us to train in the mornings and train in the afternoons and pretty much work from 8.30 to 3.30 type of thing. So <laughs> uh, I sort of fell into teaching and then I fell out of it. And really it came down to, uh, I remember being one of our, our, our little school, 200 odd kids, uh, really no sporting program until we got there and obviously passionate sport. And we we're up against these big schools of 1,000 and 1,200 odd kids with uh, plenty of resources and, I just had other teachers around who went, well, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to turn up early and help them. I don't want to take a team. And I just thought, what are you there for? And when we sort of realised that, hey, we're there because we're in, a, we're in a government public school until we retire unless we do something illegal, uh, I went, I'm not putting up with that. Uh, and I remember coming home and, and going to Kate, it really annoys me. And she said, well, you've got 40 years of putting up with it or go do something else. And unfortunately, I'm not very good at putting up with things. <laughs> uh, it's just so funny that um, I've just had a chat with uh, a podcast interview with Steve Dixon, who you know exceptionally well. And he started off live thinking that he was going to be a professional basketballer as well. So it must be the run of the day that we've, we've got uh, ex uh professional basketball wannabes on the court but again and that's all part of where I think people this is a, a real off the tangent now successful sports people or people that want to be successful sports people that take that attitude into business do become successful would you agree yeah most definitely um, and, and I've always said also that any decent teacher with a bit of go up and get and that's the same as coach, we'll always be able to have the skill set to do anything they want. Um, and it's probably why, from a, from a school perspective, we lose so many good teachers, because why would they put up with doing uh, paperwork and stuff that they don't really want to do versus what they're really good at doing? And I think it's exactly the same with 
people around sports. Um, they just have skill sets that most people just don't get to have and therefore they can take that into pretty much anything they choose to do. Let's transition through your, um, your businesses and let's get into one that really led to where you are now. You had a, um, a tutoring business and, um, and you tell the story and I will let you tell that. That was a real aha moment as far as how and where you get clients. Could you relay that to other uh, people? Yeah, certainly. Um, so the tutoring business was the first thing that, that we had. I was still teaching at the time, uh, about, about to finish up, had already handed in the papers, so to speak. And um, I remember being down watching, I was teaching grade three at the time. And, and some of our kids were playing just around the corner at the uh, local netball court. Oh, can you come and watch? Can you come and watch? And down there during sort of spring, summertime, there are, 34-odd courts that run from 4 p.m. through to 10 p.m. So there are thousands and thousands of, of kids playing and families. And here we were with our tutoring business, and I think we had about four or five kids that we would be tutoring. Um, I wasn't doing the tutoring. We had tutors who could do it, and I thought we were doing well. And I remember sitting there and watching watching these um, kids playing, looking around and going, wow, this is just a juggernaut. It's like every 30 minutes, new game, one lot in, one lot out, next lot ready to go type of thing. And sitting there, these are actually all of our clients. They're all school-age kids. Uh, the younger ones started off at four, playing at 4 p.m. and 5 p.m. and 6 p.m. and then it got into high school kids and then it got into the older kids. And it was just like, hold on, 34 times, let's say 10 kids per team, two teams per time slot. It was like, there's like 6,000 clients right here. <laughs> so it was a very much a aha moment of instead of going and finding people all by yourself, how do you leverage other people's networks? How do you leverage into organizations and associations and groups who actually already have your people? So um, I spoke to the Netball Association sort of within that month. Um, we, we put up um, sort of a, a little advert, so to speak, and, and a little bit about the tutoring centre. And, uh, yeah, within a matter of eight weeks, we went from our little four or five to needing about 80 tutors and servicing close to about 300-odd families. So <laughs> it, it just shows that when you find the right networks the right where the right people are it makes finding business so much easier now you use that to build your other businesses but what you're doing now and and what you're really known for is actually teaching other business the systems the formulas and, and that's what you do have systems and formulas to be able to do that to have a consistent stream of people coming through networking has been given a bad rap <laughs> by people who have a bad attitude about it. Uh, can you talk about that? Why and how so many people just get it wrong? Yeah, and I think so many people get it wrong because they use networking as the, I have to find clients, I'm in desperate need for clients, I've got no other way to find clients, I better go to these things and hopefully I will find clients. And when you bring a whole bunch of people who all have that way of thinking together, yeah, um, it's a pretty, <laughs> a great place you want to avoid. 
So are there better networking events than others? Yes. And that simply is always based on the person who's putting it on or running it. What's their mindset? And do they actually understand that networking is absolutely brilliant and a great way for you to be able to grow your networks and to be able to leverage into other people's networks and to be able to create opportunities with other people. But unfortunately, too many people just don't have that way of thinking. And therefore, you've got maybe two, three, maybe up to five people in the room that actually get what coming together is all about. And then you've got the other 95% who go, hey, the more business cards I hand out, the more likely it is I might get a piece of work this week and I can keep a roof over my head. Uh, but so unfortunately, that's we tend we yeah we've tended to go down that path of networking events are seen as hey let's go there and pick up a client rather than hey, let's go there and find how we might be able to create opportunities with others. Yeah, I, I don't think I've been to one of those events for several years now, but I always felt like you go there and they leave their ears at the door. Mm. They're all just about just talking about me, about me. And as you say, they're all there just to, to pick up clients. Now, in this digital age and your programs have a hybrid of online training and face-to-face -face training, how important is getting together face-to-face, -to -face, you know, belly-to-belly -belly in, uh, in these sorts of uh, trainings? Yeah, Big believer, I remember it being said to me uh, probably a good two years ago that people will come for the content, they'll come for, for the learnings, but they'll stay because of the community. So the more that we can build a tribe, build a community, I, I love what we teach, but I also know that for a lot of our guys, it's not the most important thing. And I'm okay with that. So uh, the face-to-face -face just allows that community and that tribe and that togetherness, which to me in any business is just as important now as what is being taught or shown or delivered. Now, uh, I've seen it a lot. And a lot of people think that because we are in the digital age, it's, it's a push button. I'm just going to go and get clients. And I saw a post in a, it was a very large group on LinkedIn and they were really complaining about how they find LinkedIn terrible for getting clients. And I looked behind what they were aiming to do is they just wanted to blast out and just have somebody come and just click a button and buy. And I know that's not your philosophy is, is how should people be using the, the digital and social media and what are the different steps they should be doing? Yeah, great. Um, social gifts is a great opportunity to engage. And um, no matter what we um, are selling, people buy it unless it's sort of like a, a $30, $40 thing that you need right away. But if, if we're talking about consulting or if we're talking about some sort of training, people buy things because of the human. And therefore, whether we like it or not, there needs to be a human element which means we've actually got to talk to people. That doesn't mean we've got to talk to people on the phone, but we've got to talk to people some way. So today, we had the, the pleasure of uh, reaching out to someone through uh, Facebook Messenger, and then they responded back, and we asked a question, and they responded back, and we said, hey, would you like some help in being able to build your referral and partnership strategies? And they said, yeah, that would be great. So now, 
we can send them to a quick little form that tells us how they're going and what's missing and what's broken. But all of that started from engagement. And if we're not willing to engage, then we miss out on so many of those opportunities. So that's probably the, the big first thing that I don't think we do well enough is just simply engage with people. Um, social at the moment and the technology allows us to reach anyone anywhere. So the number of opportunities that you can create through being able to um, get great interviews for your podcast, for being able to do webinars with other people, to find out about how you might be able to speak, uh, just simply doing cross promotions with other people. There's so much you can do right now that take 10, 15, 20 years ago, just wasn't possible. Um, we, we can't be doing things with people in Canada and London and the US with sitting in our lovely Northern Beaches homes here in Sydney uh, <laughs> as we can today. Uh, the, the mistake is thinking that going into groups and blasting your message and saying, who wants to work with me, thinking that that's going to work? Nah, it's not. Um, so it's all about how do you create engagement and conversations through adding value, and that's really the, the key right now to where social platforms are at. Yeah, I guess one of the things, and, and you put it a different way, and because I love alliteration, I, I turned them into the single letter, is you take the, the blinkers off, is that person just going to buy from me? And I, I packaged up what you say is, will they purchase, partner, or promote? As I will they buy from me? Will they you know, work with me or will they you know, push my stuff out? Explain that to the people as to where people go wrong by just thinking, is this a referral that I can sell to? But where is the real leverage? Yeah, great. So if we just followed the simple little 80-20 rules that, are, that we all know so well. So if you go that your network right now, only 20% of those people will ever buy from you. So that means that it's like 80% of your network will never buy. And if you only think, how can I sell to people? Well, we're leaving so much money on the table because someone who might not buy from you might have a perfect network to open the door to. They might know some amazing people that they could introduce you to. But you'll never get those opportunities if you only have the blinkers on and only focus on how can they purchase from me. So we'll use your three Ps. So if we, <laughs> if we don't use just purchase, but we go, how might we be able to partner or how might we be able to promote one another, open doors for one another, all of a sudden now, you can utilize everybody in your network rather than just the 20% that might buy from you one day. So in essence, what we're really doing there is just taking a whole bunch of money off the table and being able to, in, in essence, I suppose, grow our business much easier because we're not just focusing on purchase. We're on purchase, promote, and partner. <laughs> there was another one, but I'm not going to mention on camera that, the, <laughs> that we, can, uh, we can throw in there as well. And, and when you do it right, and I've seen so many people that are part of your group do it right and just are amazed at how easy it is to, to get people to do things when you go from a sense of giving. And, and that's the biggest thing that, uh, that you teach and promote is like, well, okay, what is it that I could do for you first? And 
and it all comes back to the law of reciprocity. And the thing that really hit me years ago, somebody said that you know, when the Hare Krishna was still allowed at airports, when they started giving out the little flowers before asking for a donation, the donations went up 35%. And it is the law of reciprocity. And, and you help and tell people that uh, you go in and say, well, how can we do this for you first? Yeah, spot, spot on. And it's not difficult. And I, I think we don't understand or we don't take the time to understand human behaviour, human psychology enough within marketing to go, okay, so how do you put human behavior with simple little plans to just uh, bring them together and make that work so strong? So um, it's also a really good way when someone doesn't reciprocate for you to go, hmm, don't know if this is really going to work because we're probably thinking a little bit different right now. So it's a great filter at the same time. Yeah, and that's a, it's a big thing for a lot of people. And I know that uh, within your community, uh, there is just so much help there. And what you said about building the community uh, is so true. Uh, some time ago, they were always saying that video was king. And two years ago, somebody came out, and I can't remember who it was, and say, well, yeah, content is king. No, the next step is community is king. And when you've got a really good um, and lively community that support each other, you can build your business through and on that. And you've gone from just having some small events, some training events um, here in Sydney, to now being Los Angeles, and you've just finished your first one in London. So um, interesting enough, tell the, the people how you actually launched each of the, the new countries. Yeah. Um so we've, we don't get on the ground over there. So LA is now nearly 12, 14 months old. Uh, and London was about six, seven weeks ago now. So we find people who already live in those areas and we create relationships with them and we find ways to be able to help each other. And obviously the way we'd love people to be able to help us is to be able to uh, let their networks know about what we're doing on the ground there and whether they'd like to be able to come along and get some help around the things that, that we teach. So it's always um, making sure that yeah, we spend a few months beforehand uh, getting out into building relationships with the people who are already over there on that ground. And again, social platforms and internet these days allows you to pretty much reach anyone anywhere. Um, so you don't physically have to be there to be able to launch something these days. You just go on the back of other people's networks and uh, creating win-wins with other people. Yeah, and one of the big things that you are, well, it's part of your training as an advocate of, is actually staying in front of mind of the people that are, that are out there. And because of there's so much buzz going on, you're forgotten very quickly. Uh, what are some of the easiest ways to be able to stay in front of mind with, uh, with some of your people? Yeah, great. So even if I just took what I did today, and it took a total of eight minutes. Um, so I went onto our email platform, I typed in A and I looked, who have I spoken to for a little while? Found a handful of people just to simply send. It was just simply hopeful as well was the subject line. Hi, name. Just thought of you the other day. Thought I'd reach out, say hello. Love to know how things are going. Speak soon, Michael. So we sent off probably about eight, nine of those within a couple of minutes. Then did exactly the same thing on our social platforms. 
I just went through and went, who have I spoken to for a little while? Who do I need to just check in and see how they're going? And the purpose of doing that is just simply that the more people who are remembering you right now, the more people you have an opportunity to be speaking about you. So if someone came along to, to Steve today and said, ah, oh, we're finding it really hard to be able to get um, referrals and partnerships into our business. Well, if I haven't spoken to Steve for two, three plus years, there's no way he's remembering that I could be the person that might be able to help them with that. However, if Steve's seen my name or we've had a bit of a chat or a notification's popped up on my social media that my name and face have got in front of him, well, he's more likely to remember. And that's why it's so important just to be able to spend a few minutes every day to stay front of mind of the people within your network. Yeah, bummer, you've just answered my next question. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, isn't it a pain in the bum doing all of that? Isn't it time consuming doing all that? Um, where's the money in it? But uh, having been doing it for a while now, and I, I know where the money is, it's it's an awesome form of marketing and people spend, well, actually people waste so much time and money on different forms of marketing, but they don't treat this as a, as an investment in their marketing. Would you agree? Yeah, spot on. Um, we get caught up with the next shiny thing. Hey, we're going to do Facebook ads. We're going to do SEO. We're going to do pay per click. We've got to do blogs. We've got to do this and this and this and this. So 24 hours ago, I reached out to a person who's up on uh, up in Brisbane and just simply said, hey, Jason, hope you're doing great. Thought I'd reach out, say hello, see how things are going. Jason replies instantly, hey, Michael, things are going great. I was actually just thinking of you the other day. Love to be able to chat up, uh, catch up. We've got um, our group coming together in December. Love you to come and speak. So when Jason brings his groups together of allied health professionals, he has three, 400 of them together. So just from reaching out, no purpose other than to get front of mind, say hello, see how things are going. There's now a December speaking gig booked to be in front of 300 people. Now, as if that's not going to generate a whole bunch more business, there's a return on investment for a 45-second social media chat message. There are so many different ways of doing it. And a lot of people just are not creative at thinking about that. And yeah, oh, you're on the, the Entrepreneur's Locker Room podcast. I kicked it off with a guy called James Whitaker, who's uh, Australian living in, uh, in America. You know, James. And um, so he was the first guy there. And he's, he's a, an international speaker. He's a producer of the Think and Grow Rich, the Legacy movie. And so on his, he's been, he promoted the podcast out to his people. Now, straight after that, obviously, there was a number of people who clicked on my LinkedIn profile. Now, a lot of people would just sit and say, well, that's nice. But, you know, following some of the leads that I have been kicked in the bum to do, but I just reach out to everybody that drops by my profile and sends them a, let's connect. Thanks for dropping by my profile. Let's, let's see how we can help each other. I get this reply back, who was actually the speaking bureau agent for James. 
Hey, Steve, lovely to connect. Thank you so much. Um, you've checked out your profile. Let me know if I can help you at all in America. So I've got now an agent, speaker agency, which I'm looking to do some speaking over there, who's eager to start working with me just because you reach out from somebody dropping by your profile. And it's not that hard to do. No. Um, and took, took you all of 10, 15 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's where people don't take the blinkers off and, and look at things. And you know, because I put it in our group that, uh, yeah, we obviously click on and wish happy birthday to, to people in our various networks. And I wished a guy happy birthday I hadn't spoken to for a while. And he was looking to do some stuff with me a while ago. Wasn't appropriate at the time. He came back and said, yeah, thanks so much, Steve. Oh, by the way, just taken up a new role, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm going to contact you next week. Now we can finally start working together. And whether or not he, he was thinking of me or not, probably not. But because I jumped up, uh, that opportunity is now taking place. Spot on. Um, it, it really is um, probably our within our top three A activities to do every day is to personally engage and just stay front of mind. What would you say if somebody's starting out and just say, listen, I've got a business, it's going okay, I want to start looking at doing some you know, referral marketing, what would be the, the number one thing to do just to get started? Uh, besides grabbing the nine-point game plan. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell them where to get that shortly, but anyhow. <laughs> it, 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 it's simple in that from a referral perspective, the easiest thing to do is grab a whiteboard, grab a piece of paper and find 10 people in your network where you can do one thing for them and they're happy to do one thing for you. I think the old way of referral partners and referral marketing it, it's if it's not dead it's very close to it and I'm happy to bury it where people go oh well Steve you've got the same network as what I have how about we catch up for coffee and let's see how we might be able to pass each other referrals yeah great no one's ever asked me to do that before so that's exciting let's do that so we sit there and we say so Steve if you know anyone that's looking to be able to get more referrals can you send them my way and then you say, well, Michael, if you're looking for, if you've got anyone in your networks or clients that are looking to be more of an authority and to be able to create their blueprints and be able to sell easier, can you send them my way? And we both say, oh, yeah, we'll look out for that. One week, four weeks, six weeks, six months, nothing's happened or a very little trickle has happened. So, of course, the relationship's going to die and fizzle out because there's no benefit to one another. So that to me is what I call old referral marketing, old referral partners, where you just say, hey, look out for me and I'll look out for you and let's hope that something happens to fall on our lap in the first couple of weeks. So therefore, we think that this is going to work. Compared to, hey, get 5, 10, 12 people's names, reach out, have a conversation on, so what's actually one thing we can do to help each other? Sure, if a referral or someone comes across who needs what you do, of course I'm going to pass that to you. But don't make that the end game. So it might be you could share a checklist or a guide or a video or something where you are both benefiting from doing one thing with each other. 
That's what people need to be doing, especially if they're new in business. Doesn't cost you anything but a little bit of time and effort, and that's it. Now, you spoke about the game plan, and, and really is uh, there's a whole heap of strategies and everything behind this. And I'm hoping that people uh, at this time of the, uh, the chat have realized that it is not just do you have a referral for me and can we swap business cars? There is a whole strategy behind it. Um, where do they get that nine point game plan? Yeah, so easiest place to go is just michaelgriffiths.com.au forward slash plan. So you can see my name there on the on the interview. So you can just take my name, yep. .com.au forward slash plan and you'll be able to grab it straight from there. Yeah, and they'll be able to, there's links to go other places as well. But it's, it's a, when you've got the complete strategy right and you start implementing, the things will certainly happen. And uh, it's one of the biggest things that I know that has been, uh, oh, well, I built my health club on what I call R&R, marketing, referral and retention, and it's been in my lifeblood. And, but having the strategies and the kicks in the bum that, uh, <laughs> that uh, is all a, a part of your community is, uh, is a big thing. What one last thing would you like to uh, impart on these people before we get into the Fast and Furious Five? Yeah, I think it's just a matter of just do something. Like you can't really do anything wrong if you're doing something. Will you learn from what you're doing? Of course you will. Will you come across some challenges? Probably. But if you just keep doing things and um, keep trying to connect with people, keep conversations with people, look to engage with people, and probably the big thing, don't just focus on trying to solve to people. One of the things that I'm going to add on top of that is, yeah, sure, it's all about doing something, but actually have it as a habit, a ritual, or set that time aside. Otherwise, if you say, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. I didn't do it yesterday, but I'm going to do it tomorrow. But I'm going to do it tomorrow. And when you set aside that habit, that ritual as a part of your daily checklist of doing things and, and implement it as a part of your valid form of marketing and business building, then it will get done. And I think that's one of the things they'll probably get out of the game plan or some of your other training is when you allocate the time it will actually get done. Very true. Yep. So as I say to you guys all the time, if I don't schedule in cycle class, I always find a way not to go. But when it's <laughs> scheduled in, I always turn up. Sensational. Into the uh, the last stretch here. Um, here's the first question of the Fast and Furious Five. What non-business, sport or activity would you like to be a champion of? I, think I might know what you're going to answer. But anyhow, tell me. Yes, we grew up with both basketball and AFL. Um, probably basketball because you can travel the world, and I wouldn't mind playing in the Greek league or something like that. And and living over there, I think, would be quite fascinating. If the three knee reconstructions didn't quite occur. <laughs> Beautiful. What one personal thing would you want people to know about you so they uh, understand you better? Uh, family's really important. It, it's, it's right up there, top of our values. Uh, Soph's five. Uh, with Kate and Soph, we travel all around when we've got events on. Family life experiences is really the key that drives us to have the business we have. Fantastic. What one habit would you like to change? 
probably not opting out of going to cycle classes as often <laughs> as I do. <laughs> uh, but I appreciate um, mind, body needs to be firing for everything else to fire. And even though I understand that as well as I understand that, every now and then I might just sort of give myself an excuse to opt out. I wouldn't <laughs> mind being able to change that. Okay, that's a good one. Okay, who has been the most influenced in your life? Um, oh, so many, from, from parents to uh, a whole bunch of, of, of books. Um, it, it was probably the uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad book for the fifth time that got us into property investing that opened up a whole new world around pillars rather than just business, uh, but probably too many to, to be able to go through. That's good. That's good. You can absorb from uh, quite a few different influences and, and that's so true. Now, the last question is always a tricky one. If you were to be the answer of a quiz show question, what would you want the question to be? Well, the, you've done something obvious, significant enough. Sorry? Yeah, well, the obvious one could be um, who, who's the number one referral marketing training organisation around the globe. That would be the easy cop-out <laughs> one. Um, yeah, that's, that's tough. And I don't know if I'm going to come up with one. I'm not real good at Jeopardy to start with, Steve. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it might be uh, something like uh, one thing that I'm really big on that I'd love to be able to leave a legacy around is don't get excited for creating just one sale. Try to create five, 10, 20 sales at a time by leveraging into others. So how do we form that into a question? Uh, who is the person who wants you to make more than one sale at a time type of thing? <laughs> oh, that's good enough for me. It, <laughs> I, um, yeah, I can't see it on who wants to be a millionaire coming up shortly, but uh, it may get there. Michael, it's always um, inspiring to chat with you and how that you're taking the simple concepts and helping people really grow their business if they only implement them. And, uh, and if, if I will encourage people, if they can, go and get the game plan, michaelgriffiths.com.au forward slash plan, because it's a really good starting point to be able to get out there and really grow their business. Spot on. Thank you, Steve. Absolute pleasure. Good. And always great being able to be around you. Okay. Thanks so much. And if you enjoyed this one, make sure you do subscribe to uh, the Entrepreneur's Locker Room. Jump on over to our Facebook group and we're going to have another fantastic interview for you guys again real soon. Cheers. Well, that's full time on this episode, but don't forget to subscribe, rate, and we'd love you to leave a comment. Head over to the Facebook group, The Entrepreneur's Locker Room, where there'll be some great bonus content to help you step up and play a bigger game.